Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Bongiorno. As Georgie's losing her mind. Giorgio, let's Giorgio call him. Giorgio Moroder. Let's call Georgie Giorgio this episode. How you doing, Eric? I'm good, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Um, today we are reviewing Enrico Casarosa's Luca from Disney Pixar Studios, uh, which will be released on June the 18th, 2021 on Disney Plus, starring Jacob Tremblay, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, your favorite Italian boys, (laughs) 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 Emma Berman, uh, Marco uh, Barrichelli, uh, Saverio uh, Raimondo, Maya Rudolph, and Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan, my favorite Um, Italian uh, actor. (laughs) Yeah. uh mamma mia eric how you doing uh well he talks about hot pockets so i mean yeah that's fair. close right that's like a calzone or a panzerotti or or whatever you want to call it you know matt i'm i'm fine i'm just uh you know slowly but surely getting into the tribeca groove so this is kind of a nice uh little diversion from that and uh you know just trying to just trying to enjoy those days of summer. Uh, you know, we don't live uh, in Italy, so we can't enjoy the scenic beauty of an Italian Riviera. But, um, you know, watching this, it was kind of interesting thinking to myself, you know, we've seen one of the best Pixar movies last year with Soul. Yeah. And now we've seen a film that kind of feels like it was greenlit while still being in early development, almost like in a kind of, you know, uh, sketch phase of, or just like an outline of a, a story being developed. And it was kind of weirdly just disappointing, even though I'm still going to spoiler alert, give it three stars. Cause it's yeah, fine. same. It's it, yeah, fine. I'm but with you. When you look at the over. quality of what Pixar has been putting out, you have higher expectations. It's like right? going to McDonald's and ordering the filet of fish. I had a filet of fish for the first time. Did you do it because they're fish people? Is that yes, what you? Yes. Okay. You caught on. I'm glad you did. Uh, <laughs> that's disturbing. Um, that's fucked up, man. But Much it like, is. But it's also. But there's also something kind of messed up about this as well. Because they help them catch fish and fish. Shit, yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. they do eat fish at one point. So it's, yeah, is which it cannibalism? is cannibalism. I don't know. Uh, like, what are they exactly? Right? Like, are they fish people? Are they? They're sea monsters, I guess technically. Yeah. But humanoids um, of the deep. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you where um, I think Pixar is one of those studios. I think if you guys go back and listen to our soul review, which you can, it's right here on this channel. Um, you can hear Eric and I gush about, you know, this is why we love Pixar animation studios so much is that soul encapsulates like the best things about Pixar with their originality, they're hitting you with emotion and uh, everything from, you know, the animation to the music, like everything just comes together in soul in such a beautiful way that when you follow it up with something like Luca, like soul seems something like, Oh my God, I wish I saw that on the big screen. Like that sucks that that had to go to Disney plus where Luca is that movie where I go, Oh yeah, that makes sense that they're dropping it on, on Disney plus like, I don't know. I it was just so again, I'm with you where I think it's a perfectly cute, pu- perfectly watchable kids movie. Like I thought I, you were I, gonna say prepubescent. Yeah, <laughs> a prepubescent movie, which I guess it technically is. Um again, it, it made me miss that European, you know, seaside. Like again, we just saw the hitman's wife's bodyguard, much different, but also 
takes place in like a seaside Italian quote unquote well, yeah, uh, town, it's really which Croatia. is Croatia, but Croatia looks very similar to, you know, uh, you know, as it, uh, uh, what's the city's, the island's name in this? Uh, oh, uh, the, it's, it's called Porto, uh, Porto Rosso, Rosso which like is a Porco, which is Porco uh, Rosso, Rosso, which is yeah. a tribute to that. But, yeah. um, there is an actual city. I'm going to look it up right now because, uh, it's the director's kind of like, hometown um mm-hmm. it's uh as i'm looking this up i had it researched last night as i was yeah. taking notes it was something similar right because i remember yeah from my it's research, like porto it was like portofino i think yeah or something yeah, like portofino. that either way um beautiful italian like seaside town like it made me miss that european stuff like again what i talked about in hitman's white bodyguard if there's anything to be taken from it it's like oh i really miss the vibe of you know this takes place i think in between the 50s and 60s um which you can tell by the the posters in the background because it does have a timeless kind of quality to it though as well where like it feels like even though it takes place in this specific period it could still be today because it is a small town maybe secluded from you know the outside world basically un sort of you know touched by technology and what have you but yeah like you can tell by like the posters for films like roman holiday and la strada uh in the background that you Mm -hmm. know they they takes place in probably um because roman holiday was i think 64 and la strada 60s yeah yeah, is is it was the was the Mm. 50s so yeah um that being said um again perfectly watchable but i think it's it falls in that category of pixar that i think is just kind of forgettable like it's watchable but forgettable like i don't think it's memorably bad like something like a good dinosaur or a brave even like well because that's so disjointed that it's almost like this weird anomaly that escaped from pixar half cooked right where like you're kind of like oh that's not great but it's memorable because it's so disjointed it's so uh it doesn't feel like a smooth kind of put together factory work and not that i'm saying that pixar is just making you know factory based productions but like pixar has a certain level of quality that it you know if something like brave or the good dinosaur is released and you notice that there's a lot of problems you know within the edits or sort of the story or the the character designs you kind of think to yourself well this is like this weird sort of again anomaly of of what pixar is because usually everything even if it's not great like the cars movies you know they they run in a certain way that feels like okay like everything was approved yeah yeah and then it's other things we talked about in our soul review of being like pixar movies are so great at you know being kids movies first and foremost but having so much for you know as an adult watching it with like deep themes and uh, strong emotional cores that will make you cry and like and things like that where in this i just feel like it's a there's it, deep seas but there's no deep <clears throat> themes yes exactly like i think everything is pretty thin like obviously the surface movie, level if you will i said that in my tweet yes um again friendship acceptance like i I, the themes are there but it to me it does feel very surface level to keep using that pun where it's just like okay yeah we all know yeah you should be accepting of uh, you know other cultures and different things like that even if they're sea monsters you shouldn't hate people just for the way that they look and you're also you know uh, themes of friendship and and fitting in and and things like that like the vespas yeah and vespa and just the love of vespas how everyone should have a love of vespas but um that stuff is obviously present but like 
again, I just don't think even something like Onward, which came out, which is I guess it falls in that kind of more forgettable category. Of but Onward has as well. a a solid final act where like it it lands, I think, emotionally in that final act. Where I found with this film, there like it's just kind of again, you know, using the word surface level throughout <laughs> the entire movie, yeah. where like that emotional core at the end or that payoff that it's trying to set up doesn't really feel earned at all no it feels very like they everyone turns on a dime and you're like oh oh, yeah because we gotta get through this movie we're yeah we're we're already running at the 90 minute mark exactly for an animated film which is long for an animated movie when you consider like all the work and detail that goes into every you know frame Mm -hmm. um but watching it i was like yeah there's like onward i under i understood why the film was made and why you know the the ending of that movie is so important to the overall structure if the rest of the film doesn't necessarily captivate you or engross you in the way that a lot of Pixar movies have. I mean, everybody said that this is basically Pixar doing DreamWorks with Onward. And, you know, they were mostly right with the exception of that ending. With, you know, Luca, it kind of feels like... Just straight up DreamWorks. (laughs) Well, a DreamWorks TV show. Yeah. um, Which is, yeah. And, and, And again, like, you know, Pixar has given us so much great stuff over the years in terms of stories and characters and, 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 you know, originality that, you know, something like this, you know, you think, okay, it's going to be beautiful looking, which it is, but almost, I feel like it doesn't take advantage of sort of, you know, the scenery or the cuisine as much as it could, you know, and really immersing you in, you know, the Italian lifestyle and really getting, you know, from the sea monsters point of view that, you know, the, the enticement of, of wanting to stay on land and become land lovers basically. Um, And then like on top of that, like the, the character of Luca is so kind of, one note yeah um you know jacob trombley who voices luca is this kind of timid sea creature who's basically like a riff on ariel you know who wants to live up there and and be part of our world Uh, (laughs) i thought he was literally gonna break out into song at one point because like every and like there's this weird thing at the beginning you think like okay maybe part of this story is going to be an environmental thing where you know like we're polluting our oceans with no waste it's not it's more so for the character to again be interested in coming to Uh, the surface and the idea that you know like clocks and and you know old uh uh records and things like that are are falling down he's kind of collecting them and then he has a family life where like his mother and father are very overbearing and don't want him to go to the surface where you know he has a grandmother voiced by sandy martin from three billboards outside ebbing missouri who was the mother of sam rockwell's character kind of being like you know let the kid be a kid and, yeah. and let him, you know, do his thing, stop sheltering him and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, you have that kind of aspect of the story that's very familiar and, and you've seen that a million times in both animated films and coming of age movies. Mm-hmm. And then when he reaches the surface, it doesn't spend it's a whole opposed with it. Well, yeah, it's juxtaposed yeah. with sort of, you know, Alberto voiced yeah. by Jack Dylan Grazer, um, who obviously was a standout in, you know, the first half of it and uh, Shazam and things like that. And, um, you know, Alberto is more of the adventurous type, but also, you know, he has this backstory that really never uh, fully lands. I, I think that they kind of, you know, just they, they kind of briskly approach sort of like his sort of 
sad story and and what he's going through but on top of that it doesn't even really get into the minutia for that long of like how you know (laughs) the transformation from sea monster to human you know creating this facade that they're able to do when they're on land when they're dry um you think that they'll spend a little bit more time with that and again like ariel where you know like she she's cursed with the ability to become a human but no it's just something that they do and then again to going to like you know um pixar has been criticized in the past with mocking those with with disabilities you know there's a moment there where um luca is first learning how to walk yeah and it kind of feels like that falls in that category of making fun of people that you know might have a physical or mental disability um for for, a slapsticky gag gag yeah yeah. and and then it becomes literally a fish out of water um comedy (laughs) where you have but it's true i know it is i just love it's they're so easy and they're not even like bad no 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 they're they're, they're not they're not but they're not even trying yeah you you don't even have to try or or be clever to come up with these sort of with surface level and fish out of water (laughs) yeah and so the one thing i actually did kind of like about sort of that element of the story before we get into uh portarosa um is the idea of you know these two characters being fixated on something that think that you know if they get it or if they obtain it will change their lives and yeah. make it for the better and that's the idea of, of a vespa a to vespa. travel the world yeah, yeah and 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 sort of like that's the like you see that from a child's point of view where it's like whether it be a you know a nintendo or, or a yeah. game console or something that you need to have that, that feels will, unobtainable well, but, but will also then once you get it you know change your life for the positive and make everything perfect, like unlock all the doors. And that's kind of like what I really like about that sort of sequence or or set of scenes in the film when they're trying to make their own makeshift Vespa, the dream sequences with the Vesta Vespa and things like that. Yeah. Like that, I think all works in terms of like, you know, child's play and things like that. But when they go to uh, Puerto Rosa, which is a fishing community, a fishing village, you know, they see the 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 darker side, the ugly side of man. And it's almost comical in the way that like in Ace Ventura, when nature calls, when Ace walks into the room with all the stuffed animals and he's yeah. like looking around and it's like it's it's like basically like a horror movie. You know, you get yeah. the Dutch angles and things like that. Um, but then also, you know, they're they're still very much captivated by, you know, the culture and cuisine. They love gelatos, but they, they also again going to the fish out of water thing. They don't know how to um talk to people so they hurl insults based on what they've heard through fishermen and stuff like that and then there's this whole thing where you know they meet up with a a, a third friend the third main character julia which i also kind of like and we'll get into that as well but it becomes this kind of like contest driven sort of storyline where you have sort of the antagonist of the film urkel visconti who again you know referencing a very famous filmmaker with visconti director of the leopard um and sort of creating this competition, but also, you know, the, the two are still having to conceal their identity and sort of, you know, keeping dry, you know, scaly when wet kind of thing. <clears throat> um, and it just kind of doesn't really accommodate into anything other than like a very kind of episodic mm-hmm. uh, animated movie. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. And I, I think you're nailing it really like, um, 
at first I also was just like, is this directed by someone who's Italian too? Cause I felt like they're throwing a lot of Italian stereotypes here. And I hope that it's in like, it is, it is directed by like, yeah, Italian I know filmmaker, it is. So. And I just, while I was watching it, I was just kind of hoping that that was the case. Cause I'm like, I don't know if like, cause you, again, you have a lot of American actors in this too. Uh, to well, that's the other thing. There, everything is, is like, everything is in Italian. Like yeah. the writing, uh, any text, the credits the, even the, like, but like, the, the, the voice actors are, are for the most part, all, you know uh, american canadian uh it's like if you're uh, a fish person you're american or canadian yeah (laughs) but if and then if you're actually living in the town you're speaking english but you are they cast some italian actors like you said with visconti and 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 uh some other people in the town and things like that yeah 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 yeah. but even then like it just felt kind of like why why (laughs) like i feel like you could have also maybe put i get that you want you know the names whether i don't know if jacob trombley and jack dylan grazer are really selling a movie um no but they're uh, kid um, voices and, I get. and they're kind of big within the industry right now but right? i feel like, like with a movie like this enough. you didn't need that you could have gone with something i know you need to put it in the english language and at least with their rival guy the the visconti kid they they did get an italian um fellow to do him and he's doing the italian language like that would have been cool if you had a full italian cast who could speak english and then dub all their lines in italian as well like i feel like that's something cool that you could have done for this movie and i just don't feel like people like you know maya rudolph jim gaffigan you know jacob trombley or jack dylan grazer are really selling this movie of going fuck i gotta see this now like none of those people but are... you don't come to a pixar movie for necessarily the but voices, then that's what i mean have someone like tom hanks as, I ag- as woody right I, so. yeah i think sometimes you do sometimes you don't but then for that reason of like why couldn't you do something more interesting with it like that if you're well, having I agree, it take because place. that would that's what yeah. you think a pixar movie would do they would that's what i mean inclusive and just trying to like yeah and do something going hey we're gonna have a full italian cast they're gonna redub their lines all in italian as well so there's gonna be two completely different like kind of versions of the movie with the same exact cast i think that could have been really cool but i mean if this movie was truly bold it would be subtitled (laughs) yes that's what i mean that's even better like that seems like an idea that pixar you know would have but then disney or someone would go no absolutely not we can't do that right you need to have these people in the movie because like i mean even with you know other we can talk about miyazaki who they say is an influence on this movie which i don't really see that but well, other than um, the naming of the know, town which is yes. close to porco rosso yeah and i'm like okay because it involves some you know creatures and humans well ponyo and like as well is, like, is is similar yeah, a, where like it's you know it's a creature that kind of comes upon land and but of, from the style i don't see any miyazaki no like, i no, just no, don't no. and like that i don't see but then disney who took miyazaki's movies and studio ghibli movies and then uh dubbed them with a lot of american hollywood actors right like i just feel like that's another thing that kind of throughout the movie where you're throwing out these kind of like cliche italian stereotypes i just was like I don't know. Like I get, I love that, you know, it's an Italian man who directed this, but like, I just, that stuff felt like even um, Julia's character throwing out, like whenever she would say things were like Italian cheeses and stuff when she would like say, say, I'm like, it's cute, but it also feels kind of like, "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) Like, right. um, But what I did like about the Julia character, and I think I like her a lot. I no, I do too. But what I, but I, what I like about her and sort of factoring into this, this friendship with the other two is that you see Luca sort of becoming more interested in school and learning about the world outside of astronomy, the ocean. Or not astronomy. Um, yeah, yeah no, astronomy, astronomy yeah, yeah. And, and, and sort of, you know, space and, and sort of what the world has to offer, you know, above the surface. And 
I think that you see that jealousy kind of come out in Alberto, which is really interesting because when you see like a, a kid who's a little bit older, who you think like knows the world better than you do, um, you know, you idolize that person or you think that that person knows everything. And then yeah. when you have somebody else tell you, okay, well actually, you know, th- that's not correct, you know, and you're, and you start to kind of gain your own knowledge and independence and, and sort of go your own way. Um, I really like that sort of rift that comes between them, but I think it's not <clears throat> earned or it's not deep enough in any way because like the, the, the friendship between Alberto and Luca is so new. That, yeah. Like, I think it would have been better if they had been friends for their for entire while, lives yeah. or, or longer and, and just having introduced them, you know, over this, the course of, you know, not even a full summer um, and sort of getting that sort of friendship built. It just, it just kind of feels again like a little bit like it's you know it's it's pretty slight in, in yeah i get that i i just to me it goes back to you know emotions with children are just heightened to the oh i get that degree. As well. and then yeah. also with the you know his backstory which we alluded to with how his family you know and his father treated him and and, and stuff but even like that's that, that, that's not really it's pretty kinda, thin yeah but i i agree with you i'm just saying that like that's why i could see you know it being a little bit heightened of i agree with you i think it would have been better if they were you know longtime friends maybe he hadn't seen him in a while since they were kids or something yeah and they re- reconnected because he he went away with his father or something like you could have added more to that backstory to like maybe they knew them as young sea boys and then um and then <laughs> the sea um, boys and then like you know now that they're in their teens or whatever um they reconnect and he's been on land this whole time or something like that. That could have been, you're writing a really good movie here. Yeah. I'm just like, that could have been more interesting. Right. And then they reconnect and he's like, Hey, listen, like I did this, my, well, him, he lies to him at first, but like he, that could have been more interesting and give the story a little bit more depth. And that's the, what we mean. I think when we kickstarted this and said like, you know what, we enjoyed the movie or, or to a modest degree, like it's a perfectly watchable movie um it's just there there isn't that pixar like depth to anything in the movie other than being underwater it's very shallow yeah (laughs) (laughs) let's keep throwing those out um and yeah again the the voice cast is is fine like i I, trombley and grazer i think are are good and and charming together but well they sound like kids yeah it works and then like um Maya Rudolph and Jim Gaffigan as their parents bumbling around like it is. But that's totally so fine. inconsequential. Like, I yeah. almost feel like them sort of, you know, having to come to land them. There's no even B plot. It's just them kind of stumbling around. Like, yeah. Like and it, it never really goes anywhere further than just like, oh, well, you know, I, I finally realized that my son, you know, he can take care of himself or like he's more independent than I thought he was. And um, like even, you know, having even with Sasha Baron Cohen voicing uncle Hugo, um, the only two mm. things about that character that are really ultimately interesting, having watched the film and one Sasha Baron Cohen doing, you know, a weird Italian accent, yeah. <laughs> but also, um, you know, that his character's name is Ugo, which, you know, he was in the movie Hugo. So it's almost like, oh, we have to cast somebody from the movie. And he plays Hugo. like a, is it a cuttlefish or what? No, is no. It? He, like, he, like so a... he plays like a deep cuttlefish or like the, the, uh, the octopus. They're this is the, like the a land. Th- that's that lantern fish, right? Yes, yeah. It's so it's a deep sea uh, creature that that 
feasts on whale carcass. But you think like that character with the way that he's introduced in his one scene, basically, it's just a literal gag yeah. gag. But you think he's going to be the villain of the piece or something like that. The way that like he's in the shadows when like he's first introduced is like, OK, the idea that, you know, you're going to go with Uncle Hugo into the deep sea for the summer to stay away from, you know, uh, being enticed by the uh uh, the land and it's just yeah. it kind of feels like okay they're setting this guy up to maybe be the main villain of the piece yeah and it's not that i mean the main villain is intolerance for he's the an ang- an angler fish i'm yeah. on nine scary fish to haunt your dreams an yeah. article. and he is creepy um, and scary looking like yeah. i could see like a younger kid watching this like maybe five or six and being traumatized you know by the translucent uh visual of that character yeah, um, and the way that the character's eyes move, but yeah, he, ultimately it's kind of like okay, it's it like I I like Sasha Baron Cohen. I think like oh, like it's is purely he be a just part a, of the story? a gag, right? Yeah, yeah. It really. Um, the, I like the heart restart his heart by I do too. I do too. And like there are I I do genuinely like that moment, and the movie has funny, charming moments. It's just like I don't know if I'm gonna remember any specific sequence or or joke or. You know, I'll, I'll remember, I guess, kind of what happens because it's pretty simple. But um, I just don't think that there's anything memorable in this movie. And it'll end up for me like I know you posted your or you sent me your Pixar rankings. And I really do want to go back and rewatch them all because there's a lot of Pixar stuff I haven't seen in a really long time. And uh, again, shout out to the homies at Kind of Funny. They're doing Pixar and review all 20 some movies right now. 25. So, 25 movies. So they're going through and and reviewing and ranking i think they're on well obviously they're doing luca this week but um i think they just finished monsters university so they're getting to the tail end of stuff but again monsters university probably in that same category of being perfectly fine perfectly watchable unnecessary probably and just like you know not pixar it's hard for them to make a truly bad movie other than like maybe cars 2 but that was um, because of the the head of, of pixar yeah. at the time john yeah, lasseter sure. was obsessed with cars and that's yeah. why those movies got made but yeah. they're also some of the most successful ones because you know they are purely kids, kids movies, movies. Yeah. yeah really love yeah. those films i would say one and three at least have a little bit of an emotional core to them that i think are maybe even stronger than this movie but i think this movie overall is you know better than those but sure um, but it's also I, very generic in that's what i mean conception yeah. and and like what you would think like like i i I've, i think i've talked about this on either soul or the regular podcast but like it reminded me of of um newt the film that they didn't make because of of rio coming out and rio you know being a a, a fox film at the time and now and blue sky movie but now that Fox ironically is, disney <laughs> yeah ironically disney and, and blue sky i think is no longer um they just shut down yeah. yeah and so you know newt i was thinking okay maybe this is going to be like their version of newt or something like this now like they there's been some time between that and um as much as i'd love uh, original stories more that's what than, i mean yeah that's why it's sequels. even more disappointing right? i know and that's and it's the same thing with onward where like you look at these stories and you're like okay like if this was a dreamworks film this would kind of i guess be above average in some yeah, way or another yeah. not with the exclusion of like how to train your dragon which i think is, is really <laughs> how to train your dragon is really wonderful um shrek is fine i i, I know i just i shrek has become a meme at this yeah, point so yeah I just need it's to it's it a in. joke right but um yeah. uh, super smash mouth uh <laughs> um but, there is no smash mouth in this but movie. you look Can but confirm. you look at like the high highs that that pixar kind of established 
very early in their in their you know conception with the Toy Story movies and then moving into the 2000s with you know the Incredibles and Ratatouille and things like that and like them always talking about like we're uh, a, a story-driven company that will always take the time to develop each one of our our ideas to the fullest, and you know, to, you know, take ten years, and we're not about like sequels, and we're not about sort of just you know, uh, we're not quantity over quality. We're yeah, all yeah. about the quality of each film, and somewhere again like the car sequels and the toy story sequels seem like okay like i understand why they're making yeah. those but the toy story sequels are are great with maybe the exception of four which is good but it doesn't need to be um but but, but still kind of, better than something like this though, oh yeah yeah say. no that yeah. no 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 toy story 4 is still like a a, a b plus kind of yeah. movie but it just doesn't need to exist because for the toy story movies it feels underwhelming yeah yeah exactly um but when like they started you know, turning out the sequels or they started having problems internally with both John Lasseter and, you know, hiring of, of, uh, female, uh, directors and animators to sort of take over. It just kind of felt like the Pixar that, you know, you loved initially didn't hold up to snuff the same way that, you know, it did when it started and you have to accept that, but also thinking like, okay, well they still have the ability to make something with something like like soul, right? Soul or, or inside out, you know, like they like, or, or like Pete doctor when he's on there, like he's, he knows what he's doing. Um, and this is just like, you know, you're Coco, riding. I would even put in there too. Coco, Coco is better than Luca, but Luca like kind of feels like, if if Luca had taken maybe two or three more years, it could have been on that level on of, the of level Coco of Coco, because because yeah. Coco and again onward land emotionally, and this I don't think really does um, in the same way. But like you're always excited to see what Pixar is going to do, but now you have to know that you're not always going to get you know uh, uh you know you're not going to ride that critical wave. It's not going yeah. to be. A success you, every you, time you end up going not every movie is going to be amazing is this going to be you know the a team or the b team and no offense to those people who made those other movies it's just like we've gotten to a point now where not every movie is going to be a banger and like that's kind of unfortunate but understandable as well and that's the thing like and i don't want to feel like we're shitting on pixar either because like even their worst stuff is still better than most uh, I feel like animated. Oh, except maybe Cars 2. Yes. I, I yeah, Cars and that's what I mean. We bad. brought that up. Yeah, Cars 2 is straight up bad, but I would even argue Cars 3 and 1 and, you know, Good Dinosaur and Brave. A Bug's Life. Uh, Brave. Bug's Life. Like, those are all still fine movies at worst. Yeah, like, they're just kind of forgettable yeah. or, or I, I, again, like minor efforts. But but Luca is still better than all of those movies. I agree, It's just yeah. that there's a certain expectation that's created when – you know, you you think of like what Pixar is capable, and then also you look at the context of just this year. You know, we've had the Mitchells versus the Machine, which is incredible. And we've also had the documentary animated hybrid of Flea, which are it's like it's almost like okay, well, if you're not going to you know meet those movies in terms of their level of craft and sort of depth of storytelling you know, you have a problem. And so if Luca wins the Oscar this year over the Mitchell's Mitchell, versus the Machines yeah. or Flea, I'm going to be a little pissed because like, like it just feels like those movies are doing things that like Pixar would normally do. 
you know, like that's like that's the kind of quality that Pixar strives for. And, and that's what I was saying here. when we reviewed Mitchell's versus the machines. Like I feel like Sony animation pictures when, you know, Lord and Miller have, you know, produced the movies of late. Like I feel like have that strong emotional core, have that innovation in animation. That sounds, that's a really good sentence. Yeah, um, I might use it. <laughs> like, um, like that's the stuff that I think this is missing. And that's so unfortunate. And even in Disney's like, um, more traditional, you know, animated stuff with like Raya and the Last Dragon, um, which you had uh, this year, which I can't believe was this year. It feels ages well, which ago. is now available um, on Disney Plus uh, for free. So you yeah. don't have to pay the premium price so people can catch up with that now that didn't want to pay the $30. Yeah. But even like Big Hero 6 and, and things like that, where like like Frozen is probably Frozen and Zootopia are, are probably the and Moana are the big ones in terms of of the Walt Disney animation stuff and Wreck-It Ralph, I guess, too. But there's something where like you kind of feel like Luca could actually be put into. That's what films. I mean. Yeah. And even I think Zootopia is doing some of the things that this movie is sort of trying to do with, you know, acceptance of different, you know, uh, cultures and, 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 or people, and, and even if they're sea people or different animals or whatever, like, I think Zootopia tackles that stuff even a little bit better than this movie does, even though it's not exactly one-to-one, they're trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Never um, judge a fish by its scales. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. And then like, it'll be interesting with something like Encanto coming out, you know, later this year from Disney animation, um, that, Weirdly to me, even from the first thing seemed more like a Pixar movie than, but I guess it's a more traditional Disney musical because I know Lin-Manuel Miranda is doing some music for it um, and, and things like that. So it'll be interesting. And then Pixar moving forward as we wrap up this review. I mean, we have Domi She's Turning Red, which, which I think is the one. Of, yeah, that is the one. <clears throat> um, obviously being, you know, a Toronto uh, you know filmmaker. And her short did, bow um, being really, really great. It was so. great. Partially takes place in, or actually takes place in Toronto. or um, Well, it's sort of like it. a mix of, San Francisco, San Francisco and, and Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll be interesting then to see Lightyear next year as well, um, based on the man, not the toy, everyone. Remember? <laughs> um, so like that's the one that's like, I think I, I just have no idea what to expect from that. But hearing Pixar do a straight up kind of superhero sci-fi action movie. I mean, we got obviously Incredibles 1 and 2, which is a pure superhero thing. And both Incredibles movies, fantastic. I think they exceeded expectations with Incredibles 2, took way too long to get out, but still was satisfying, right? Well, that's because Brad Um, Bird went on to be, you know, a live action filmmaker for for a minute. And I hope he does return at some point. But obviously, he has such a a deft hand at at uh you know animation tomorrow no it was tomorrowland him or stanton yep. yeah, tomorrowland no, yeah. was him and so was mission impossible Ghost well i Protocol, think tomorrowland's which... the one that people were like maybe go back to animation. Go back, yeah <laughs> but but he had more time than andrew yeah. stanton who you know after directing finding nemo and and wally john carter like, mars john carter mars which i i weirdly have a desire to rewatch. dude i think me and you i mean i sort of pseudo defended that movie and and didn't that was the it. year of trying to make Taylor um, uh, Taylor Kitsch a star? Yeah, and then um, the with battleship uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, what, who am I thinking of? Uh, the other one uh, with oh god, we don't want to talk about either of these guys anymore that are in Lone Ranger. <laughs> oh, Army Hammer and uh, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Depp. Depp. Um, but I do like that movie as well. Like those were those Disney bombs that I felt like that I kind of right. was like I, I kind of dug both of those. Well, I liked I liked Lone Ranger because Gore Verbinski is such yes. a weird director. And I would like, say it's more him than those guys. Yeah. Yes, which is uh, unfortunate now anyways, that both of them are 
we're yeah. getting off topic, but I am curious to see, you know, Lightyear and and how that, you know, with Chris Evans and you know what the hell that is. But um, but I feel almost like that. It like feels like Pixar's catering to, as you mentioned, like the superhero crowd right now, yeah. and also like what's kind of popular. Where Turning Red, I think, has potential to be something special but at the same time you know again you have to kind of just just wait and see and you're all you'll all i think i'll always be excited for a pixar movie as long as you have voices like pete doctor around and 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 everybody kind of working you know and sort of creating uh you know interesting perspectives and and new perspectives on stories it's just that this kind of feels a little bit um like you know it was written on a cocktail uh napkin and, yeah. and sort of never really fully developed in the way that they used to develop them i wonder how much they've changed in terms of like like when they assemble or put something together how long it takes for them to do it because they used to say like because animation's obviously gotten a lot better but they used to talk about like it takes like you know like six to ten years from from pre-production you know, and yeah. pitch to you know uh final realization of the movie and final rendering and like you kind of felt like within that period they had the time they needed to really concentrate and focus and develop what is a great story and that's i think why the consistency of each one of those films is so much better than it is now yeah and you got to think that they probably have three or four different teams working on movies now because you got to think they've been pumping out a movie per year since sometimes two movies in a year since oh god since their inception really like i think the only, the last year they missed a year was 2005 and then they put out a movie every single year and then the odd year you get two of them next year being one that we have two uh, i mean even if you count like soul and onward was a two in 2020 was a two pixar movie year so you got to think they have three four maybe even five different teams working on movies at their studio now as they've grown right so it's not everyone focused on one movie and making that one movie you know the best thing for pixar to put out now you have five five teams working on five different movies five different sets of animation teams and then that's where i think you start to go like again no offense to the people working on this movie or on any it's watered down it's yeah (laughs) god crushing it um but like you'd have your a squad your b squad your c squad and 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 i don't want to call it yeah (laughs) yeah so like and we kind of joked about during the disney uh investors meeting show of being like to earn your keep now you're like you got to go do the disney plus tv show of this or whatever of like cars or something which pixar is also getting into now with with they're doing a series as well so I'm, i'm curious to see how they'll adapt to sort of an episodic you know series that also is supposed to be from different perspectives of the same story yeah so i i'm it's i again one obviously one of the best studios probably the best animation studio at least american of of all time um and i just I don't know. I, I I'm with you that it's I, it is refreshing to see other studios like a Sony Animation come out with things like Spider Verse and Mitchell's versus the Machines, and you have well, it's healthy ones. competition, yeah. right? Like it's like oh darn, like you know Pixar just made this amazing movie that's inspired us to do something just as good, and and yeah, it's almost like we 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 talked about it before, you know, on the regular show, and and you know when talking about Star Wars and Star Trek, it's almost like you know right now Sony 
you know, animation is cooler than Pixar because of, of things like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Spider-Verse, and the Mitchells versus the Machines, right? Right. Um, like, if you're an animator getting into it, you probably always wanted to go work at Pixar. But now, I feel like if you see something like a Mitchells versus the Machines or a Spider-Verse, you go, fuck, I want to go work there. Like, if you're a 2D animator or a different style, like, Pixar stuff all kind of looks similar, right? And, yeah. um, and, and I'm hoping, obviously, they have huge innovation in, in things like soul and inside out and 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 obviously the movies look incredibly gorgeous uh, most of the time but um i hope to see them evolve and and do again it's always exciting i i, I understand why you do the disney plus shows or you do the sequels you got to keep you know the money has to keep rolling in and you're, you're got to bring in that big c content yeah, yeah and disney's Daddy obviously gonna be that person disney's all about the one for you one for me kind of thing right right and like i've been saying that with the searchlight pickup i think even pixar to an extent now is like we'll let you do some weird idea uh but let us you got to make this for us right, right. Or, or whatever and i think we'll continue that and i think that's fine um but unfortunately with luca being an original idea just doesn't Again, we probably sound more negative because we both are going to give the movie a three out of five. Right. Um, and I, I, I'll stand by that. I think it's, you know, it's on Disney Plus. If you have Disney Plus, which I'm sure you do, um, it's definitely worth watching on a Saturday afternoon or if you have kids. Absolutely. Um, like, I, I just don't don't expect to get anything like classic. Like, you're not going to be devastated afterwards or even feel all that much. You'll go, oh, that's cute. And then move on with your life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, three out of five for me, three out of five for Eric. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. As Eric mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're in the midst of Tribeca right now. So Becca, for the next, hey, uh, hey. Uh, we're, we're continuously watching some stuff and you'll get reviews over the next you know week, week and a half um, scattered about our normal stuff of Tribeca review. So right now we have a review for C for me. If you need your Kim Coates CanCon content. That's yeah. where to go. Yeah. And we'll have reviews uh, for Italian studies as well as. But it um, takes place in New York. Yeah. Italian studies as well as. Catch um, the fair one. Catch the fair one, which are up right now that you guys can go check out. And then we'll have reviews scattered over the next, you know, week and a half of Tribeca stuff. So uh, keep it locked here for all that. We have other reviews up for right now for uh, the man's wife's bodyguard uh, awake uh, in the Heights um, Loki episodes one and two episode two is up today. So you guys can be caught up with Eric and I uh, plan B the conjuring the devil made me do it uh, spiral the book of saw tons of great stuff Cruella more Disney stuff if you guys want to check that out. Uh, so lots of stuff up on the channel right now. Our 93rd draft is over on the untitled movie podcast channel where we talk about mayor of east town uh toronto maple leafs eric saw tweet um tribeca again other things so please go subscribe to that channel uh drop us a review if you would be so kind on your podcast service of choice um as well as go over to letterboxd and follow our letterbox hq which is at untitled podcast it's kind of our hub for everything so get our reviews get our updated schedules get our um which i don't think i posted this week that's my bad um uh get our updated schedules as well as uh all of our social links our personal pages uh we'll probably maybe put up pixar rankings we do different rankings and things like that too so go check that out we rank but we don't stank 
<laughs> um, uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. But Luca, how will you live? <laughs> That's such an inside Tiff joke. I know. <laughs> it's not Luca. It's Lily. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Thanks. Bye, everyone.